Hi, welcome back to Beer with Jesus with Denise and Rob. Tonight I am drinking from Brewdog NA Collection. It's called 5AM Angel. It's a red American ale. It's actually pretty good. I rated it pretty high. I'm drinking a beer that has, that it, it's packing a punch. I didn't realize, I forgot, I haven't had this for quite a long time. Because it only comes out certain times of the year. And it's uh, an 11%. Ouch. Yeah. That's almost the equivalent of drinking three Miller Lights. Pretty close. It'll be rambling Rob this time. Uh, it's from Bell's Brewery. They, they normally have just two-hearted ale. Which you can find in 12 packs and stuff like that. It, every grocery store um but this is double two-hearted ale it's a double american ipa it's very solid only thing i don't like about about it and it's and it's with all ipas and stuff once they go over eight nine percent they get very what we call boozy so you get a real alcohol taste to them but other than that it's pretty solid so it's gonna be a sipping beer for sure. So why don't you tell them what we're doing tonight? Well, I was in prayer this week, and God kind of led me to James. And, I don't know, I I never much thought about who James was that wrote it. Um, but it, it was Jesus' brother. And many of us have siblings, and you know your sibling probably better than anyone else. You grew up with them. You've seen them do the good, the bad, the ugly. Sometimes you told on them. Sometimes you didn't. As Aaron said, snitches get <laughs> stitches today. <laughs> but it it just intrigued me to read it with the thinking this is his brother. This is someone that, you know, probably fought over the same toy. You know, you took my tunic. That one's mine. I mean... I, it just makes you wonder because I mean the whole the Bible talks a lot about the relationship between John the Baptist and Jesus, but there's no stories about Jesus and James. Not like their childhood. I mean, it's kind of the Christian. I mean, we could really get deep if we got into acts and stuff, but remind about... me of the Christian comedian that Michael Jr. He said, can you imagine how James felt growing up? You know, he'd have a problem, come to Mary and Joseph, and they'd, what would you, Jesus do? <laughs> <laughs> well, let me read the, I think what's interesting, though, is in James chapter 1, this is what we're covering tonight, which it's a lot to cover because I've heard whole sermons on just one verse before, so... Let's just read James chapter 1, verse 1. And it's very interesting in just that first verse. James, a servant of God and, the, and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes scattered among the nations, greetings. Why do I find that interesting? Because he doesn't say James, the brother of Jesus Christ. He says James, a servant of God and of Lord Jesus Christ. And I 
I found that intriguing myself. I like how he starts out with greetings, and then he goes into verse 2, where you're, you, after you hear this, or you read this, you're probably thinking, okay, you're a fool. Why are you telling me this? this I'm not going to consider troubles and trials and tribulation as a pure joy. I mean, are you nuts, dude? How much wine have you had? I mean, <laughs> not only was he the brother of Jesus, but he was also the head of the church in Jerusalem. So, I mean. Big responsibility comes yeah. with that. But what we need to, before we get into James chapter 1, we need to kind of do a backstory. And we'll start in John 7, 1 through 5. After Jesus went to Galilee, he did not want to go about in Judea because the Jewish leaders there were looking for a way to kill him. But when the Jewish festival of tabernacles was near, Jesus' brothers said to him, Leave Galilee and go to Judea, so that disciples there may see the works you do. No one, want, no one who wants to become a public figure acts in secret. Since you're doing these things, show yourself to the world. For even his own brothers did not believe him. So, when Jesus was doing his ministry, his brothers pretty much thought he was nuts. And told him to get out of town. And I thought that was, I mean, they didn't, I mean, they grew up with him. So they probably was like, you know, I grew up with this guy, you know. And all of a sudden, now he's a, he's doing all this stuff. And it's crazy. But, you know, and then we come to a point where now it's like you get to that point where he's like, man, get out of town. You know, you're crazy. You know, we want to do your stuff somewhere else. And look where James ends up. And it's like, but how did he come to believe? We'll go, and I'm. this is out of the recovery version, just so I can, I didn't have to flip too much. This is the New Testament recovery version, and it's 1 Corinthians 15, 5 through 7. <clears throat> In that, he appeared to Cephas, which is Peter, then to the twelve. Then he appeared to over 500 brothers at one time of whom the majority remain until now, but some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. So, after the resurrection, you know, Jesus appeared to his brother. And I think James finally seen, you know, Jesus is for real. You know, why, you know I, was, I would think... Why did I doubt my own brother? He was saying all this, and I thought he was crazy. And next thing I know, he came back to life, just like he said he would. And at that point at Pentecost, you know, we didn't really get into that, but that's when James was filled with the Holy Spirit. And and part of his calling is being the head of the church in Jerusalem. So I thought that was pretty interesting, just... He can, Jesus can take even people who doubt him. His own family doubted him. Mm -hmm. He can turn you around. I mean, I'm seeing it every day now. People that we know just turning their life to Christ. And it's pretty awesome. I don't know if it's just the reflection of them seeing Jesus Christ working in our life or something. I think, you know, we're always called to be salt and light and and I think it's important that we show that. So, I know this next part, we're going back to, going to go back to James 1 now. So, we're going to kind of break this down in uh, little sections and pieces and parts and whatever you want to call it. 
I know uh, we were kind of tickled at church today because the because of the sermon, and and it's like, yep, Jesus was talking to us, talking to Nisi about what we should cover, and it, they brought up James one, and it was over Daniel and the lions. Then, so I'm sure <clears throat> Nisi will have some something to say. So. Verses 2-4, through four. consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work, so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So, I was like, you know, life isn't, as, isn't always sunshine and unicorns, you know, things happen, you know, we get, people get sickness, unforeseen bills, car accidents. Heck, even demonic oppression. It's it's whatever, you know. We, we're going to face trials in life. But as you persevere and put your faith and trust in God, Jesus will pull you through. And, it, you know, Daniel in the lion's den, he stood his ground and stoned in the lion's den. And I'm sure Nisi has something to say about this because she was laughing at church really hard about it felt like Aaron stole my notes. <laughs> but it just showed me affirmation that I was on the right path. And that's okay. But I don't want to use Lion's Den now. Because I feel like I'll be stealing from Aaron. So. Yeah, I think you should. I think it's important. Because it really... Well, it reminded me of when the boys died. Well, it, the first time with Stephen, it was... Uh, that the scripture that's whenever you face trials of many kinds and I tell you what when your child dies that is one trial that I don't wish on anyone but because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance I mean that I have to say I, I passed that test it was not an easy test was I angry at God for a little bit I was was very angry. I was questioning everything. I wanted to know what had I done that made this happen. And thankfully he used Jesse Level's dad to reveal to me that that wasn't the case. I wasn't being punished for that. But Yeah, that dude. <clears throat> he's something else. I mean, he, he seeked me out. And I was not at home, so I mean... Not only that, even like Jesse Duplantis sent you a letter. Yeah. Well, he sent me a letter when Bobby died. And I had, I mean, I don't know Jesse. You know, I don't, I can't call Jesse Duplantis. I don't have his phone number. But he sent me a letter very specifically letting me know Bobby was okay and with Jesus. When I had another preacher show up at my house to tell me that because he committed suicide, he was in hell. And sorry, he couldn't give me any better word than that. So, it was, that was definitely a trial. But perseverance must finish its work. So It doesn't say it might. It doesn't say it maybe. It must. It may take a long time because of our own will and because of our stubbornness and our lack of wisdom. 
but it will finish its work. Yeah, I, like this past year, I persevered through all the demonic oppression I had. And now I can actually help a friend that's going through demonic oppression because I lived it. I experienced it. I mean, I, I think that goes along a lot with wisdom that Jesus, you know, I think we'll get into here in a minute, but you get through these trials and it's it's like, okay, I'm going to trust in God on this. And a lot of people fade and, you know, wonder why things aren't turning around like this. You know, at a snap of a finger. It's, things don't... Jesus works on his own time schedule. He wants you to endure, trust in him, persevere. And I tell you what, I've had more peace now in my life than ever. And I wholeheartedly know it's Jesus Christ in me. I, I think the fullness of persevering, I mean, it says here in the Word that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. It didn't say that you, you won't lack certain areas. It says anything. Anything is anything. I mean, when you think about it. And when you lack nothing, you have a confidence, a strength. A mindset. It's like you don't worry about that. I don't really worry about anything anymore. I know. My pastor pal texted me yesterday, what can I pray for? I was like, you know what? I I really have no concerns, no stress, no... Nothing. I got nothing. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> my pastor pal, Teresa, texted me a couple weeks ago. I really had to think... And that's like, I, I just, I, I'm really content right now. But, moving on, we'll go to verse 5. Because we can kind of build on everything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God. Who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Now mind you, when you ask for wisdom, you're going to have a trial that you're going to have to persevere that's going to finish its work, that's going to make you mature, that's going to make you not lacking. So be careful what you ask for, because the whole thing circles right back around to the beginning. And and if you're looking for wisdom, read. The Bible's full of it. <laughs> read the Bible. It's the easiest there, way to get it. Yeah, I mean, the whole Bible, but specifically, there's five wisdom books in the Old Testament. Old Testament. Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Songs of Songs, and the Book of Job. Even verse 6 circles back to the beginning. Yeah, we're getting, yeah. Because it's, but when he asks, he be must believe and not doubt. Why does he say that? Because you're going to be faced with the trial that you're going to need the perseverance, that you're going to have the work finished, and then you're going to be mature, complete, and not lacking anything. So have no doubt when you're faced with that trial. <laughs> yeah, let me let me read the let me read. It's almost this. like reading green eggs and ham here. So let's reread. <laughs> so let's reread that. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. The person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. Now we could do a whole podcast on double-minded stuff. So we'll kind so of... when you're going through that trial, don't have stinking thinking. 
Woe is me. Why? Why are you putting me through this? I don't, my gosh, whatever you're going through is not near as bad as what Jesus went through on the cross. And he, I mean, he did kind of go through his, why have you forsaken me? But he still finished the work. He persevered. But what I got from that myself, is that, and I think this goes for a lot of people, I think that it's, it's tough for a lot of people. You pray in hopes that you'll receive. And, and I guess when I say in hopes, hopes that you receive not instead of believing you already received it you might receive what you asked for immediately but you might not rather receive it immediately but trust in god that you will get what you asked for and i think that's tough for people to believe that you're you i'm just gonna act like i'm talking you know pray you know some people probably think you're just talking in the air but you know, i'm gonna get this miraculous healing or whatever or this bill paid or food in my cupboard, you know. But if you believe you already received that stuff, it's going to, you're going to have it. I believed I was going to have healing from my anxiety attacks. And it, I didn't get it right away. But I was led in the direction to receive what? The wisdom. The wisdom and Get what I asked for. You know, we did a whole thing of doing that grievance thing. I said, this is what your word says. I just, I wanted it now. Like a lot of people, sometimes Jesus says, wait a minute. You gotta wait. So, that was my take on that. Verse 9 through 11. Believers in humble circumstances ought to take pride in their high positions. But the rich should take pride in, in their humiliation. Humiliation. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister drinking 11% beer. Since they will pass away like a wildflower. For the sun rises with scorching heat and withers the plant. Its blossom falls and its beauty is destroyed. In the same way, the rich will fade away even while they go about their business. So, you know, humble yourself. Our riches are in Jesus Christ. We can't take our belongings with us, but we can't take our relationship with Jesus Christ with us. That's what I... Well, when you think about it, when people go through, I don't have enough money for this, I don't have any food on the table, you fully rely on God. You are, what is it, the frog, <laughs> fully rely on God. But when you're, you've got leftover money in the bank, all your bills are paid, everything, you fully forget God. We let it go. Yeah, you ignore it. He's like, you're like, I did it. Instead I'm, of being thankful for the blessings that Jesus gave you. I mean, uh, I think our friend Stacy is, whew, the amount of stuff that just, she prays for it. You know, she <laughs> didn't have a whole lot. We got an audience now. But, um, but she always made it through for as long as we have. And now she has been very blessed. And man, it's awesome seeing that. So we'll go to verses 12 through 18. So we're kind of got to march through this. It's going to be a long one like Nate Clemens likes. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person who received the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. 
When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it's full grown, gives birth to death. Don't be, bece- don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows, who chose to give us birth through the word of the truth, that we might be kind of the first fruits of all he created. Well, plain and simple, God doesn't tempt us. He does provide a way out. And just like Adam and Eve, we have to make a choice. God allows us free will. Some people use it to wear Crocs, I don't understand. (laughs) We can either do what is right or do what is wrong. That's our free will. As we choose the right path, the blessings start to flow. And I noticed when I was deep in my sin, it's like I never was happy. It was never satisfied. But I chose the right path now and blessings just start flowing. And it's awesome. And... You can either choose when you're tempted to give in to that stuff, or you can say no. It's that simple. It's like, if you look at sin, any kind of sin, regardless of what it is, you pick your poison, if you look at it as a food that you would not touch because you don't like it, like, I do not like sweet potatoes, won't eat them, don't like it at all, they're yuck, I would never be tempted with a plate full of dishes that were made of sweet potatoes. Wouldn't even... If I saw fresh tomatoes, green tomatoes... I'll see, I would be all over that table. If it ain't salsa or ketchup or spaghetti sauce, no. But if you would treat that sin as if, in my case, the plate of sweet potatoes, and just avoid it completely, you eliminate a lot of problems in your life and says that the result of sin, the birth of sin, is death. It's like, you know, pornography. You you get that. You you have the choice. Do I watch it or not? Well, you shouldn't watch it. For you, that should be a plate of tomatoes. Or that's a table a pl- full of tomatoes. That's a plate of tomatoes. You know, it's like... What you visualize is what's going to come out. If you're if you're in the word, the word's going to come out. You are what you consume. Mm-hmm. So I'm not beer, but I consume it. But I I now listen to I read the word a lot. I I, mean, I do love my football. Go Cleveland! They did killer today, twenty-seven to three over the Titans, and. But I avoid stuff that I just is not right and that I don't agree with, that I don't think is morally fit for the way I want to live, the way the Word tells me to live. You know, of course, you know, there's times that the programming I'm watching will throw something in there and I'm like, I have to turn my head. Or Some s- of the commercials are... Some of the commercials now, it's just bad. like awful. So, like I said, as we choose the right path, the blessings will start to flow. So the next section, this is when they break up James 1, 
verses 19 through 27 is another section. And we'll go 19 and 20 here. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. And this verse, is I, I, I remind a couple of my friends when they get really fired up and or need some advice you know they you need it to be and I've, I've been like I said I take this verse to heart because I was always quick tempered and I see my friends like remember you need to be slow to anger he, and the, I told my buddy that the other day and he's like because he was getting mad about the dumbest stuff I said you need to be slow to anger he says you're right you're right and he calmed down immediately but I was always a quick-tempered person, throwing lawnmowers when they wouldn't run, shoving them, pushing them down the street so they could get run over by a car that's driving, ripping the hose reel off the house because it wasn't winding the hose right and throwing it until it broke and destroying it. But now I've, I've calmed down quite a bit, and I do listen more, and it... And I don't, I don't let too many things bother me. I mean, even when someone said at work, they called me a holy roller because, you know, I'm, I don't, I choose to listen to Christian music and stuff like that. And they said, well, you some holy roller now? If you say so. And then I was called a bully because a friend of mine, he loves wrestling. He loves you know, all that kind of stuff, and he was a football player for a college team, and so we were in our little corner, called him the American Dream Dusty Freight Train Johnson, baby, and someone said, oh, you're being a bully, and he says, who told, I asked him, I said, does that bother you, he says, who told you that, I said, this person said I was bullying you, he said, no, I don't mind it, I, I kind of like it, so it's kind of one of them things, you know, I didn't let it bother me, but I addressed the person that was supposedly bothering and it didn't bother me at all. So I I don't let too many things bother me. I don't get worked up over things. I really, you know, we're all going to get angry. I mean, it's just natural. I mean, sometimes I get fired up. But I'm quick to calm down and not worry about too much stuff. So, And I do, as a union steward, I have... I have learned to listen. Uh, I I do listen a lot better. I try to help people as much, even though sometimes I want to shake my head when I I can tell they're lying to me. But you got anything? No. We'll go to verse twenty-one then. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent. I humbly. And humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Amen to that one. Get rid of the garbage holding you back from experiencing all of God's glory. Could be drugs, could be porn, the type of, like we said, the types of shows you watch, the music you listen to. And for me, I try my best to involve things that will help you, help me glorify God, you know. We we listen to a lot of Christian radio now, and we'll sit there and sing on the, while driving. And believe me, getting rid of that garbage really helps helps out. 
Got anything to that? Mm-hmm. No? Let me keep rolling then. Yeah. Say no to drugs. Nancy Reagan did. Put put adult blockers on your phone. Porn, if you need to, put porn blockers. For me, I specifically block all adult material off my phone. I mean, you're going to still get stuff on your news feeds on your stuff, but it's amazing how that that stuff works, you know, and you just filter your shows that you watch, you know, I don't, I personally don't care for horror movies, so I don't have that nonsense, but I don't watch any true to sexual nature stuff at all. I do like true crime. Yeah, you like true crime, but that's like real stuff. I, I'm fascinated with true crime because I, I try to look to see where the devil came in on that person and made them do that. So moving on to verses 22 through 25. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. That's some deep stuff right there. Mm-hmm. You know, we sh- we obviously should read the Word and do what it says. And when we go to church, and let's determine we should pay attention. You know, I, I mean, we all... There's times when I'm reading the Word, I'm like, my getting distracted i understand that we all get distracted and you know sometimes you're sitting in church thinking about dinner or what you have planned for the day and you kind of daydream i mean it happens but do your best i mean like today i was like totally into that sermon when he's talking about and especially when he was bringing up this this stuff but you know there's times i do drift off and but I think a lot of people, they'll go to church, and I think these are those lukewarm Christians, that they'll they'll go to church, whatever, listen to the sermon, and then as soon as they leave the, the sanctuary, they're already doing sinful stuff that they shouldn't be doing. And, you know, I was guilty of that in my past. I think a lot of people were guilty of that in their past when you're, Lukewarm. It reminds me of church sermon. Pastor Noel, years, this years ago when I went to Christ Chapel, he uh, he said many of us had fights with our family. Kids, get your shoes. Get in the car. Let's get ready to go. You're yelling and screaming your whole way to church. And you get here and you're like, praise Jesus. How are you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I mean, last Monday, the Cleveland Browns almost made our pastor cuss. I mean, he controlled himself. He controlled himself. I mean, that's a team that will make you cuss, but today, woo, I didn't have to cuss once. I just played solitaire. It was so good. So, we'll finish up. James chapter 1, it's uh, verses 26 and 27. 
Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves. And the religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows and their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. So, what did I think when I read that? Don't get caught up with all the religious rituals. It's This is about a relationship with Jesus Christ and doing what he taught. You know, there's a lot of people that have different backgrounds and their churches did certain things and this, that, and the other. And all the denominations do different things. I Heck, Catholics got six more Bible, chapters of the Bible than us. I had to learn that. I never really knew that because I didn't grow up Catholics. I didn't really... The only thing I ever did going to was a Catholic funeral, and I was up and down, up and down, up and down for almost three hours, and I was like, okay, now. Yeah, I went to a Catholic wedding, and I thought it was an aerobics class with all the... That was something else, but (laughs) I think it's most important is loving each other, building your relationship with Jesus Christ. You don't need all this religious mumbo-jumbo to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's personal. I mean, that's what I love about it. He's he's your father. He's your friend. He guides you. I mean, a comforter. I mean, the list goes on. It's just like, get yourself right with Jesus and get your friendship with him. That's what I get from it. The only thing I had to... No, I'm still... I mean, after you read that... His brother wrote that. If I asked my sister to write a paragraph about me, I don't think it would be anything like this. <laughs> I mean... Like I said, he, he, he went from thinking that Jesus was nuts to... Wow, I just saw my brother rise from the dead just as he said and I'm sure I mean it's not very specific because it just says here again in 1 Corinthians 15 then he appeared to James that's all it says we don't know what Jesus doesn't say what Jesus talked to James about I mean it's very vague we have to assume that Jesus was set on the right path. I'm sure all his brothers and stuff and all his kids, brothers and siblings, whatever, he probably appears like, I told you so. Now do you believe? It's kind of like Thomas had to touch the wounds. For them, seeing was believing. For us? It's supposed to be believed to see. Believed to see. And that is James chapter 1, and I guess I can do Shed Talk. So let me flip my Bible. To the right place. Again, to the right place. There we go. So, my Shed Talk is on the joy of the Lord. And... 
to me, Jesus has a sense of humor. And it was evident a couple weeks ago when I was reading the Proverbs 21, and we were kind of laughing about it. And I said, you know, the Holy Spirit told Solomon to write this, and I'm thinking, this is hilarious. I'm laughing. And so we go to Proverbs 21, verses 9 and 19. Better to live on the corner of a roof than share a house with a quarrelsome wife. And then verse 19 is, Better to live in a desert than live with a quarrelsome and nagging wife. I thought that was hilarious. I mean, come on. That is that is funny. Because how many times you just like, you get in a fight, and you just like, I just want to leave. It's like, at, I think at, at that time, Solomon was actually having some issues with his wife's. You think? <laughs> I mean, I, and to me, Jesus just wants us to enjoy life, you know. And he wants you to not have a nagging wife. <laughs> I guess he doesn't want you to have a nagging wife, but we go, as, and when I say that Jesus wants to enjoy life, look at Ecclesiastes 7, 13 and 14. Consider what God has done. Who can straighten what he has made crooked? When times are good, be happy. But when times are bad, consider this. God has made the one as well as the other. Therefore, no one can discover anything about their future. And as I go, another verse in Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes 9, 7. Go eat your food with gladness and drink your wine. Be a, with a joyful heart, for God has already approved what you do. Just because you're a Christian... Don't be afraid of life. Embrace it. Find the joy that exists. And if God and it and realize that that good stuff, that joy that you're getting, that is God given. And he, and laugh. Cause laughter is a great medicine for the soul. And I don't know how many times I've been praying. And I don't know what the discussion is about. Because, you know, I'm, when, I'm, when I'm praying in tongues, I don't understand what the heck I'm saying. But I'll bust out laughing. And it's, I'm laughing hard. So, obviously, there's some some good conversation going on. So, with all that, I know Jesus is a funny guy. And I'm sure there's a lot more I could go into this. But I just want people to enjoy life and embrace what God has given us. And one time we were at church having a little worship through and it just popped me. Don't forget to laugh. Because you don't... So many times I've been in church, people are always somber, crying, whatever. Woe is me. Why don't you look at the good stuff that God's giving you? Enjoy it. Laugh. Be happy. The stuff that's bad isn't going to last forever. Persevere. We just read that in James 1. <laughs> How about you pray us out, Nisi? And Lord, I thank you for this time with Rob that we can do this. And I thank you for even bringing it to our attention that it needed to be done. Thank you for each and every listener that we have. And ask that you richly bless them with wisdom and strength to get through any trials and tribulation that they're going through this day. Remind us that joy comes in every morning. Help us to see the truth and the joy 
in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. This is our longest podcast ever. <laughs> Wait, 40 minutes. There we go. <laughs> Have welcome, a good Nate. week. Bye.